Spread them beloved all across the globe. It's the Vibe Show. I'm your host, Kano the Don, the Vibe King. And today we have a special guest joining us on the show. Today, I'm talking about anchor, investigator, reporter. We all love this queen, the one and only Shawandria Thomas. How you doing today, queen? Good. How you doing? You know, I'm doing good. Uh Sorry about the technical difficulties, man. I mean, the life of a, a, a being a, a show host. Uh, uh, yeah, so tr trust me, I understand that all the way. Just imagine that happening when you're in front of a TV screen with millions of people. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, now look, I haven't made it to that level yet, but oh, man, I can only imagine the agony in it all. Wow. But you know what though? That that really makes me feel that makes me feel a little better with my little my little technical difficulties compared to that. <laughs> Look, um, I want to thank you too before we get started, uh, jump into this interview. Thank you so much for um allowing me this opportunity. It's, it's really, really a blessing and something that I've been looking forward to. I'm really a, a big fan of yours. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Now, um, Wow, we uh, your accolades are, uh, are long. You've you've done so much, um, so much work. You've put in so much work, so much time, and um, it's definitely organic and something that you're very passionate about. Not just entertainment, but you're real passionate about your work. Now, I would like to um, to start with the beginning, uh, somewhat. What what? What really like sparked your interest in in going into the journalist uh, field, as far as career wise, and then even going into the investigator? It all kind of ties into the same thing. But what sparked your interest with going to school and and for that particular path? Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I was younger, um, I was always a TV person. As far as like, I watched a lot of TV. I was just one of those kids. And um, when I was in high school. My mom and I had an encounter one time uh, when my mom was looking for some some place for us to live, where there were some racial things that took place, and um, and I was like, you know what, these people need to be exposed. Like we need to tell everybody about this, you know. Right. And so out of that, it kind of planted the seed for me to to be able to to speak for those who can't speak for themselves sometimes. And so that's where the seed was planted. Um, as far as going to school, you know, I, I didn't grow up with very much, you know, grew up in a, you know, you know, poor household, you know. So for me, the, 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 the battle and the drive to escape that and to never have to struggle as an adult myself was always, it was also a driving force for me. And to try to make sure that my, to help my mom and to, to help my family, you know. Right. And so I was always driven by that, driven by goals. My mind kind of works in a way of like, um, I'm always setting a goal to do something. Right. And then I look at the steps to achieve it, and that's how I function as a person with everything I do. And so I think that's kind of what just drives me as a human being in general. So I'm always looking forward to what I'm doing next and how I'm going to get there, if that makes any sense. And it's not always about money or anything like that. It's just about goals in life and just achieving wanting to reach certain you know, certain things in your life, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I, I definitely can um, connect with that. Another thing, too, um, is to me... You know, you you have a um, a drawing spirit, 
and um, a spirit of concern and you know how how when the camera's on how people can you know put the face on and and all that stuff but um your personality um cuz i follow you and um like i said i'm a fan and i keep up with um your work and and your community uh projects that you do and um your your personality is just a warm spirit and um i think people people it, it's very easy for people to connect with the spirit that you have and, and that you the energy that you put out into the world um is is that like a family trait or that's something that you developed along the way um from experiences mm -hmm. i think it's a combination of all, all of those things I, I i discovered you know early on before i even became an on-air person is that i encountered people who were on-air you know anchors and things like that and there were times when I was excited to meet people. You know, you're just like, oh, this is going to be so cool. And then I was, my, my bubble was just, I was so let down right. by the way they responded to me. They weren't very nice or just kind of people's egos kind of take over, you know, more than more than what the, my purpose as a journalist is. I right. feel like these are people who do this because they want to be a journalist. They want to speak the truth and the facts to people. Then there's some people who just want to be on TV. That's just the fact. Exactly. That's just the reality of the situation. And so for me, I always told myself if I ever made it to a certain level or anything like that, I would always treat people with respect. I would always treat people the same no matter what their economic situation is. Right. You know what I'm saying? The homeless guy to the billionaire right. get treated the same, you know? And I think also I'm a person who's very empathetic. So I've covered the most devastating stories of families losing everything, you know, and I think as a reporter, as you go through these, these, these stories and, and you see lives devastated, you see the highs and lows of life, I think you learn to kind of um, respect everything that happens in life, if that makes any sense. And so I kind of have this sense of I just want to do the right thing for people you know, for myself, and I just want to be at the, be able to go to sleep at the end of the day and be happy and proud about what I've done and what I've accomplished that day and feel good about it, you know? Right. You've, um, I just, I just think that your career is, is, is really amazing. On top of that, um, I, I learn, I learn a lot from, um, from you as well, your, your, your style of, uh, journalism as, as as well and and being a reporter and the um I, I take a lot from it the organic the organicness of it you know you're not really trying too hard you're, you're you're really being yourself and and i take a lot of notes from your style um of work when you're working now um ferguson i thought you did an exceptional job um with the uh covering the the Ferguson uh situation can we can we talk about that a little bit and how you actually um how were you chosen for that or was that something that you volunteered hey look um what's the process with that yeah well you know it's interesting uh when Ferguson happened it was kind of um it was a new experience for all of us. It was a new experience for the news people in St. Louis. It was a new experience for the community, for the police departments. On how to, we were all trying to figure out how to handle it, right? Right. And so in my newsroom, it was just kind of like a, an all-hands-on-deck situation because we had to cover all these different things. We were trying to figure out how to cover them in the best way. 
And so for me, I always try to make sure that I cover things fairly and balanced. You know what I'm saying? Because there can always be slants and things like that. But I made it a point for myself as as a journalist. And like I said, I always want to feel like I'm doing things fair and right at the end of the day. So... I saw a lot of things. I saw, you know, I feel like it was kind of like um, a progression or like an evolution. Ferguson was like an evolution almost because in the very beginning, you saw the rawness, and there was rawness all the way through, but in the very beginning, you would see the raw emotions of of, um, how people felt, of of the, the institutionalized racism that takes place, you know, there the systems in place of what's happening, you know, you know, black people, you know, being in positions where they get caught up, they get a record, you know, it's kind of like you, you get a ticket, okay, you can't pay the ticket, turns into a warrant, you got a record, you can't get a job, you know, it's like right. the systemic things that were taking place there, and, and you saw the raw anger, the frustration, the sadness, the fear, you felt it, that's what was so intense about it, and it was kind of interesting, too, because being in the midst of it, you know, I'm standing there, you know, as a reporter, and you see, you know, that the tanks were there, and then you have, you know, you have protesters, you have people in the community who just want to say something because they're fed up, you know, with whatever the situation may have been in their lives, or whatever it is they, they saw. Right. You know, so, so for me, I was able to really look at it, and I, and I try to, like, look at the whole situation from the outside looking in to see what their experience was. Because, you know, I didn't grow up in Ferguson. I didn't grow up in St. Louis. So, I don't, you know what I mean? Right. I just know what I experienced and learned as a reporter there. But it was very intense. Emotions changed at the drop of a dime. People were um, just very... The only word I can really come up with to, ex- with to explain my experience with Ferguson was the intensity of it and the emotional drive behind it. And then I saw it kind of change, you know, it, it kind of evolved into, you know, you had the Black Lives Matter came into about, you know what I mean? And then right. you came into, um, you know, then it became um, groups kind of um, organizing more so to make sure they were in place for when certain incidents occurred and things like that. Like by the time I left St. Louis, it, it became to me, um, there were groups of people who were in place, they had strategized, they have you know, plans in, in place for if, you know, if officer involved shootings happen or various things happen in the community or whatever that needed to be addressed. So now you have people in place who, you know, shines a light on those things now. And also what I found interesting was, um, was that I hadn't been in the newsroom in a while, you know, cause I left, you know, left my newsroom, but I was still living in St. Louis. But when I interviewed Michael Brown senior, uh, last week actually it was, well, it was last Sunday when I talked to him, I, um, it was it's actually the latest episode of my podcast. I asked him, I said, you know, have you noticed anything different? Because, you know, I covered the Department of Justice and, you know, trying to incorporate all these rules and policing laws and all this type of stuff. Right. And so I asked him, I said, you know, do you feel or sense anything different? And he was like, no. I was very taken back by that. I thought he would say, yeah, I see this or that. You know, this is changing and that's changing. But it was very fascinating to hear him say, after everything that's happened, that he really didn't notice there very much of a difference. And I was like, wow, you know? Wow. But yeah, but as far as the newsroom, I think it was, um, as far as being selected for, you know, I was a general assignment reporter, so I covered everything. And at that time, everything was Ferguson related. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. So it was like, it was just the day, the day in and day out. I mean, there would be nights where I would be with a photographer 
you know, sitting in certain areas. Um, we would be following protesters, chasing them. It sounds, sounds crazy, but we would chase them to find out what they were talking about, what they were doing, and then they would be all over the city at, at different times of the night. And, um, and then we would sometimes just post up and just kind of look around and watch to see if things happened or we were always waiting for things to occur, decisions to be made, city council meetings. There were so many different things that happened there. And the other thing about it, too, I actually ended up doing another interesting story within the story, which was, I thought was fascinating, was it's actually on my YouTube channel. Um, I did a story about some of the, because at a certain point when you have a camera, you know, you can't be as embedded, yeah. you, know, in the, you know, in the story or, or immersed in it as a, as a photographer, as a still photographer, or as a newspaper, you know, reporter, because they can just kind of roam around and, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But when you have the camera, they're kind of like, whoa, you have to back it up. And there was a lot of, um, you know, uh, back and forth with people having issues with how certain media was covering things. So you had so much going on, and the community was watching that. They were watching how we covered everything, how intensely were we fair covering things. And I can just speak for myself when I say I feel like I covered everything as fairly as possible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, but I did this story. I encountered some photographers, still photographers, still photographers that were in there and embedded. And I actually did a story about them being embedded in, the, in, the, in Ferguson as well. Oh, wow. Like I was in there to a certain degree, but I had a camera, you know, a TV camera. They were embedded, embedded in there. Yes. So I did a story about their experience as, as journalists inside of it, you know. So there were a lot of different um, ways I tried to approach, you know, approach the story of Ferguson. Even, you know, even to the point of Google, there was one story I did where um, it was discovered, someone brought to my attention that when you would Google the word Ferguson, right, because you have to remember Ferguson is a community where it's, it's a working class community. They re really didn't have a lot of stuff going on there. And I think that's the illusion of what people thought outside yes, of St. Louis, yes. of what Ferguson was. And that's not really the case. I can go to Ferguson and walk around and feel just fine. But um, Google had a situation where when you would Google the word Ferguson, a picture of a protester would pop up with, with guns drawn at them. Yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah, someone brought that story to my attention. Someone brought that picture to my attention. So I reached out to Google, and I'm like, how did you guys come up with this picture to represent this city? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's so many things that were going on in the city. And they said it was like some sort of, you know, mathematical equation or something like that. But because I called them on that story, on that picture, they actually removed that as the image of Ferguson because that's not really what Ferguson fully Repres is. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes. That's part of what happened in Ferguson, yes. As a community, you have working people who worked hard for a living who took pride in their community. So it, it was kind of, um, it was very interesting to see and hear when people would ask me about Ferguson, when people would come visit me, they're like, can we go to Ferguson? I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going to get some ribs or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's not a community that you feel uncomfortable going in. And that's really unfortunate that there's this picture of Ferguson being that way, and that's not really what it is. Right. You know? Would you say that... Um with with having having years of you know news experience um working with the news uh being an investigator reporter with you know with your from from an inside perspective um would you agree that um some of the stories are are amplified and and painted in a different light because it was funny that you you mentioned that about the google situation and um, 
because I, I, I noticed that as well. And I noticed a lot of um, news companies and a lot of things that's being reported about is, is always amplified on another level. Like, for example, <clears throat> when the um, when Barry came um, to Louisiana, this was recently, uh, the tropical storm. And I always watched, you know, always watched the news and how people, you know, being in this, this lane now, it's a, it sparks a different interest for me. So I, I look at TV different, I, I, I watch things different. And I just noticed that every time, like, you know, your CNNs and, and you know, your bigger platforms, I always notice when they showing or reporting, it's like they're showing these clips that's like super intense. And I'm saying like, I live here. I'm like, that's not going on. Like, mm -hmm. like why are they showing it? Like, you know, like houses are underwater and, and, and they, this is what they're, they're showing. And it just, it just threw me for a loop. I'm like, wow. Like, so this is what's going on. Like it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was, it was bad, but it wasn't, it wasn't like that. Just your you know, input I, on that. Well, this is what I will say uh, from a news standpoint. It's a visual medium, right? Right. So, so to, to capture an audience, you're gonna, you're gonna, no matter what it is, you're gonna look for the most visual um, video and picture to capture someone's attention, so that you can keep their attention to give them the information. Hmm. So, I, I think when it comes to, to that kind of stuff, from a visual standpoint, you look for the most visually cap captivating video. When it comes to how stories are covered, I'll say this from my experience on the local level, is I think how stories are covered, whether it's black story, white story, whatever, I think it all boils down to who's in the newsroom at a management level mm -hmm. making the decisions on how stories are covered. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes. So if you don't have a diverse, if you have a predominantly black community, but your managers in the newsroom are not representative of that community, the decisions that are made on how stories are covered are not going to be the way they should be. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes a lot <laughs> so, of sense. So, so to me, I think in, 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 my, in my business, I think that, that's a problem that's been, it's nothing new. It is something that companies are working on, which I do appreciate, but I do believe that when it comes down to it, how stories are covered, when you always stop and look about why they cover a story like this and that, right. you know, and diversity in a newsroom in general. Aside from managers, you producers who are producing the shows, the reporters who are reporting on the stories. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think at the root of it, when it comes to how certain stories are covered, that's what it boils down to. But from a visual standpoint, um, I think it's more of just, like I said, cap capturing people's attention to give them information. And that's why that video, you may see that most dramatic you know, video of, 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 of flooding or or whatever the case may be, because that's what people say, well, whoa, what's going on there? And then they'll look and see, you know, and get whatever information they're trying to give out. Uh, okay. So that, I mean, so that's my theory. I mean, that's my thought when it comes to stuff like that. And also, and just in the whole idea of how stories are covered, because a lot of times, you know, if you saw, you saw the Nightline story, I'm not sure if you saw it, but um, when it was, I, I did um, the story about this girl who was missing. And they yeah, of course, I've I seen that. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing about how people of color are covered, you know, that's what it boils down to, you know, from, from my perspective. Right. Of course, I can only speak for myself, but that's what I think about, you know, why those things occur. Right, I, I agree with you on that. 
the uh, I just I, I wanted to get to get that professional, you know, uh, experienced uh, perspective and, and seeing what you thought about that. I, I appreciate that. The disappearance okay. of Phoenix Colden. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that uh, that was every well everything that you do is well done. Like it's it's well done. It's well um, put together, and and a lot of thought is put into it. That's why I say I'm I'm a fan and I study your work. Um, can we can we talk about that a little bit? Um, that that was on on the Oxygen Network, and um, <clears throat> it was a yeah. cold case series. Um, how how did that come about? And can we talk about uh, talk about it a little bit? Yeah, and I know there are certain things that I can't say that I've you know that I learned from the series. So I, you know, of course, I can't get into some of those things. Right. But the interesting thing about that is is how that whole thing occurred. So I was um, actually. I was anchoring and reporting in St. Louis. I anchored Monday through Friday. I had a, you know, regular shift. And producers for Oxygen reached out to me and said, hey, we noticed that you had covered the story. I was one, you know, the first to cover Phoenix's story in St. Louis. And they were like, you know, we're working on this series. We want you to be a part of it. And, um, you know, what do you think? I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, oh, they're just going to have me sit down and interview. You know, like some of those shows, they'll have reporter sit in the chair and just kind of talk about the case and things like that or how right. they covered it. That's what I thought it was originally. And so they came to me again. They said, no, we want you to be the lead person in this series. And I'm like, what? It was originally supposed to be a multiple, more than longer than what it turned out to be. But I said, oh, okay. <clears throat> so at that time, um, because I, because of my situation at the station, I was not able to work at the station and do the series at the same time. So I was oh. in a position where I had to make a decision of whether or not I wanted to leave my job to go take this risk to work on the series, you know, for the network. Because, you know, actually, it was a risk because it could have been canceled at any time. You know what I mean? And it really, it really was. And so I talked to my husband about it. I talked to my family about it. I prayed about it. Actually, it took me about a month to make the decision because I'm like, okay, I'm walking away from my, like, I literally had to walk away from my job to do the series and it was because I thought it was the right thing to do I said wow let me let me let's think about this I'm like a network is doing a series spending money and putting all this time and effort into searching for a woman of color I've never seen that right, right. so I said for me to be a part of that is absolutely amazing and it's an, it, it is a significant thing to do and so finally I had a conversation um, with my news director and I said this is what I feel I need to do and I walked away from my job to do it. Whoa. So, yeah, so I walked away from my job to do it. Um, and then, so that was the end of my on-air career in St. Louis. Um, and so I went off and, and took the risk. And I did the series. And I'm so glad I did it. Because I felt like, I, 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 I mean, it was amazing all the things that I learned from doing the series. I mean, and actually that's where my investigative shops really started to kick in. Right, right. I learned a lot. I had an awesome crew. You know, it was an awesome experience. And so I got to do Dr. Oz and do all these things and learn how to dig up information. And, then, you know, there was so much information I was able to learn and dig up through that process. So for me, it, I thought it was significant for, for people of color to understand and to see that, yes, we are being acknowledged, too, as people who are missing, and we need people to pay attention to that. Right. At least to all the podcast stuff that we'll get to later. But um, but as far as the series goes, um, I thought it was important to really cover that. Her story was very compelling. 
I mean, you have this young, beautiful, college-educated woman who was a fencer. How many people do you know actually fenced and was a champion fencer, you know, played instruments, you know, young, beautiful, you know, had everything going for her to just vanish like that, you yes. know, for her car to be found in, the, in one of the worst areas of St. Louis. So um, her story in itself was very compelling. Um, I found, you know, as we went through the series and you watched, you know, you, you see the, all the stuff about human trafficking we find out and, you know, and everything. I mean, we, we went and really searched for her. We traveled, we called, we dug for information. You know, we did everything we needed to do to try to find her. You know, I don't want to ruin the ending for people who may not have seen her. <laughs> right. But, um, but, but I think it was, I, I will say that it was an important story that needed to be told. And it opened a lot of doors and a lot of eyes to the situation that's really happening in not only St. Louis, but all over the country. Right. Are, are these are these type of stories, are these the ones that, that you're most um, most involved in um, as far as, um, I, and I don't want to really call them projects, but... Um, do you do you prefer or enjoy doing these covering these stories more than um, other stories? You know, for for me, I, I'm good with covering all news, but I know there is a need to cover these stories, and I have the ability to do it, so I'm going to make sure it gets done. So for me, you know, in, in my mind, if and that's actually you know why I thought the podcast was important because. A lot of times these stories don't get airtime or a little bit of airtime or we'll go through one cycle, you know, one news cycle. But if there's another person of a different, you know, ethnicity or race, they'll get multiple cycles. So for me, I just kind of decided that I was going to do that. I just made a decision to do it and I did it. And so um, and that's where the podcast came about. Right. You know, I just barely started it like in January. And all these things have occurred since then. I mean, well, I never thought Good Morning America would call me up and want to talk to me about one of my podcast episodes. Like, how amazing is that? My podcast is only like seven, eight months old, you know? Wow. And so um, it's just kind of crazy how that happened. I have no idea of how many people listen to my podcast. I don't have any sponsors. I just kind of do it in my spare time. You know, I, I it actually, let me, let me step back a little bit. What happened was, after Phoenix Colden, the Phoenix Colden series aired, I would get messages, I started to get messages from people from all over the country. Can you, can you put this story out? Can you talk about this story? Can you talk about that story? And I said, man, all these people are reaching out to me. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do a podcast. Right. I just made a decision with that. You know, I'm going to do it. And so I just planned it out, and my father-in-law bought me the equipment. I want to thank you for that. Shout <laughs> and, out to um, father-in-law. I just started doing the podcast. Yeah, I just started reporting on the stories as thoroughly and as genuinely and as factually as I could. So my weekends, when I work on episodes, they're completely taken up. Um, and so I just kind of, because I wait for police to get back to me and I get pictures. You know, I do two different versions of the podcast. I do the audio version and then I do a video version that has the audio with pictures and videos of the person playing throughout the interview. Mm. And so sometimes people like to kind of watch that too to kind of get a sense and a feel for the person. Yeah. And so um, I just basically work now, you know, I work a full-time job and then on the weekends I work on the podcast. So it's basically, it takes a lot of time to get those done. And I, and I just do it because I feel like, you know, it's the right thing to do. 
again, and I think it's, it's awesome to be able to help families. And at the end of the day, I think the families just really want to know that someone cares. They just want to be heard, and they just want to make sure that people know their loved one is missing. And they just say, hey, just look at this picture for two seconds, you know? Right. And I think that's the kind of the key to it. So for me to be able to help people to do that, you know, it makes it all worth it at the end of the day. Plus a blessing so to others, kind of too. You know, you, you, you are a blessing to others. And um, I just think that it's an amazing thing that you're doing. I really, I really, really do. Intrigued Full Effect. How did you come? Yeah. How did you come up with that name? You know what? That's very. <laughs> it's kind of funny you asked me that. I came up with that title because I wanted to do stories that were intriguing mm-hmm. or interesting, or you know, that capture your attention, right? But I also wanted to talk about the full effect of what happens to the people who are either missing their loved one or who's been a vic- you know who becomes a victim of you know um, someone murdering their loved one or something like that. So I talk about the full effect of the impact of what's happened to the family as a result of this either disappearance or murder case. Right. And so that's kind of how I came up with it. And then, like, the curious case of disappearances and the other stuff, it's kind of like, so I didn't corner myself to make sure I can kind of cover a lot of different things. Right. So that's kind of where I came up with it. But, yeah, it's, like, intriguing, yes, and then the full emotional impact of what's happened to people. That's what the full effect is. I love it. I love it. It, 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 it was. <laughs> I just put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, you know, like seriously, like I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta understand something too. Now, um, you know, you, you, you've developed a brand, and and people, people, as you can see, people are are very interested and respect what you have to say, and I think that it's going to go farther than where it is right now i mean look at the growth and you like you say you've only been doing this for what seven eight months i can mm-hmm. i can actually see um i can actually see a show an actual um tv show with 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 all of this i hope so that's the master plan i hope so oh yeah you 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 know i mean because it doesn't hurt to have the other accolades on your resume as well. So, I mean, you know, your chances of getting a show, you know, on the, of, of this magnitude is like, to me, it's a no brainer. Cause if you look at it right now, I seen, uh, what was that? Was that Vanessa Williams? I see doing, doing some type of investigator show or something like that. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. That's what that's what I'm saying. I'm like, you know, and 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 I'm I'm not a hater at all. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm just in this little small world that I'm in trying to grow something and 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 inspire, uplift and highlight um people people that that I'm I'm I have a love for that I'm a fan of and people that I think that's um doing interesting things out here in the world to um, impact the culture. Mm-hmm. That's what my show is about. Um, but I just I just think that, and, and this is just me, and, and you could correct me or you could voice your opinion. I just think that, like, people, I don't think everybody should just jump in every lane. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah, just, I, hear you on that. I just 
you know, like, I just don't, and I'm not trying, I'm not saying limit yourself with, you know, trying to accomplish things, but at the same time, you know, every, everybody, everybody got a podcast show right now or some type, some form of show or something like that, you know, some of them good, some of them not, I mean, it's not for me to judge, I guess it's something out there for everybody, but I'm just saying, like, it, it, it kind of takes the specialness away from it, you know, when people like you, myself, and a lot of other people that I know that's really doing this, not just cause, but really doing this to embark change and to um, mm -hmm. bring awareness, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I just think absolutely. that it kind of like, mean, it, it down, it downplays it a little bit. To the point to where when you're reaching out to certain people, you know, they're like, and and, and that's part of the reason why I, I took the podcast off of um, my show, because somebody said something that was interesting to me, who's who's professionally in the business, uh, very successful, and they, they reached out to me because they love my show, you know, and you'd be surprised, like you say, the people that watch your show or interested in your show or you know subscribe to your show or whatever but this person reached out to me and we actually uh he wanted to talk to me and we had a conversation and really gave me some some highlights and some 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 stuff that i needed to know on how uh things just from a um evaluator's perspective and i thought that it was quite valuable and he was telling me he was like you know everybody has a podcast show he was like you know your show my show they're they're not just podcast shows and mm -hmm. and with the podcast on it he was like that kind of puts you in the dollar general um <laughs> market like you know everybody got, <laughs> and and you know and, and it really like it really opened my mind up when he said that i was like you know what that's true my show is not just a show where you got people on there talk, chopping it up with their friends and, oh, uh, yeah, we're talking about a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, nothing or whatever. It's like, you got to look at it, you know, what we're doing. And I just thought that that was interesting or whatever. And I, I just, I want to know what, what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, I think so, too. I, I think in order to set yourself apart, I think you have to have some sort of purpose because, you know, there's so many different varieties of shows and why people listen to different, you know, the different shows and things like that. But I, I think when you have... Um, a depth and you have um, something that, that really has a lot of meat to it, uh -huh. I think that that's where you get to get those loyal listeners who will stick with you, you know? Right. And they'll be back every week and they'll share it and they'll say, yeah, this is really good and you know it's good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you have, and you have the meat and you have the depth and you have the authenticity of it and you have the rawness of it. And I think... I think in, in, in our society today, there's so much fakeness and, and, and stuff that exists. that people actually gravitate and they seek out authenticity and realness. Yes. And I think if you have that, I think that's what, you know, that's what that's what keeps people coming back. Right. And I think when you offer that out there, that's that can make you that that makes you stand out even more ahead of the pack. That's just my two cents on it, though. And, and that's and, and I'm, that's... I'm new to this podcast. <laughs> I'm eight in right now. <laughs> Let me ask you this: uh, um, as far as and and this is this is uh some advice that i need um do you ever utilize your um 
sources and contexts as far as okay you have an idea um let's just say i mean because i'm pretty sure you haven't you haven't really pitched a show i know you're you're in the building phase but i'm pretty sure that you have resources that you could actually pitch your show to right is, is that something that that you plan to utilize because the show is great well, you know, I, I think I have to kind of, and that's what I'm trying to figure out right now is what I'm going to do <laughs> yeah. with it um, because I know it, it, it's kind of, like you said, I've kind of created a brand around myself, so now I'm trying to figure out how to, what to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, I mean, of course, we all have sources and we all know people who know people and, you know, and all that type of thing. So I mean, hey, if you got if you got your sources and connections, of course, right. why not? Right. Um, but also, you got to have the right ones, and you got to make sure that I mean, this is how I, I look at it like this: when I started this, when I started my podcast, before I started it, I said, okay, first of all, I made myself accountable because I posted it on my Facebook page. So I was like, okay, that means I really have to do it now. Right. <laughs> but aside <laughs> from that, um, I also wanted to make sure that I did it right. I designed my logo. I bought my music. I created a format, my own format. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I went through the whole process of, like, what I needed for it. What format am I going to be on? How am I going to get the phone calls? How am I going to conduct my interviews? So I did a whole lot of planning and strategizing myself to figure out how to make sure I did it and make sure that it wasn't, like, raggedy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to make sure that at least it was, you know, right. You know what I mean? As right as I can make it. And then I can build, build on and improve on it, you know, as time goes on. I just wanted to make sure that I did things the right way out the gate from the jump, you know? Right. And so that, that took, like, research and, and talking with people and learning and practicing and, you know, all of that. Because the funny part about it is I actually learned a lot about podcasting. I had actually um, a part-time job at a nonprofit. At, it was the Painters and Contractors Association of America. I had a part-time job there. And my job was to actually come in and help them uh, – you know, develop their media program and all that type of thing. And part of it was they had actually started a podcast, and I was learning about podcasting through them. Come on. Interestingly enough. And so I learned the mediums and the microphones to use and what I should get, and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of an interesting introduction to podcasting, and that was leading up. And then I left there in December, you know, of, of last year, and then I started, you know, my um, podcast on January 1st. So, um, so I just think it's a matter of just making sure that, when you do things, make sure you have your plan together, your plan of action, be organized, keep, have it tight and together. You know what I mean? Yes. And people know that you know what you're talking about, and I think that's where you can, you know, and that's just kind of how I feel when it comes to, you know, the things like that. I mean, I don't know if you, you agree. I definitely, not, but... I definitely agree with you on that. I just, you know, it's, it's good to 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 hear information too and and to hear a different perspective on certain things and that's and and you are somebody that that I have respect for and value things that you say so I just mm -hmm. wanted to hear that from you yeah right um, on so yeah I mean and I, th I, I think that's kind of I think that speaks volumes too because you know there's some people who just kind of you know just do the podcast and but then there's some people who are very methodical and very strategic and very much together with everything, you know, like, like, I like how you, you promote all your, you know, your episodes, you know, you're very, you know, it's clean. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like you have, yeah, you're welcome. So, you know, it, it's clean and it's together and it's, and it's organized. I don't know if you got chaos going on on the other side, <laughs> but, 
But from what I'm seeing, you know, you have it together. And so I think that in itself, you know, puts you ahead of the pack. And that will keep you there and propel you forward. So I think once you get that going, you know, who's to say? And like you said, you never know who's watching you. Like, how the heck did you come across me? You know what I mean? I have no idea. Yeah. You know? And so it's like you never know who's watching or, or why they're watching or how they come across your name. You know, absolutely. It's just, it's just very interesting. You know, this, I remember one day it was kind of random, and like Kevin Campbell followed me on Twitter. I'm like, how do you know what? who I am? <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. This happens. How do people know who you are? You know. Yeah, you 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 know you pop up on um, on different storyboards and people of interest, and it, it's it's a lot of different ways that people um, can source you and find you. Um, like I say, I, I had already been a fan of a lot of a lot of work because you've been putting in work in the game for a long time. And and when I first jumped into this, um, you would you have certain people that I follow and that I look at their work and study their work to you know become better at a profession that I'm trying to uh, grow in as well. So I look at people that I consider are are the veterans, and I try to learn from them. So that I, and you know, it was it was definitely a, a blessing to to get the opportunity to have you on the show because it just goes to show you that prayers do uh, get answered and that um, anything's possible with um, with dedication and belief and and I wanted this to happen and look what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. That's right, and you know I always feel like this too. No matter how big you get or how you know, how much you grow and all that stuff, you just have to be able, to me, and this is my number one thing, stay humble, stay humble, stay humble. Yes. Period. Let me ask you this. With, with, with that being said, why do you, why do you think um, a lot of people fall out of that humble realm once they, once they get up there? And I know it's, 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 could be several things that play a part into that but I, I wanted I wanted to get your um, your perspective on it. Yeah, you know, you know what I, I think it's, it's very interesting. I think that when when people get to a certain elevated level, mm-hmm. I think true aspects of their personalities get get magnified. Mm. And I think when that magnification takes place, you get to see. Truly, who people are. Some people, you get them raw, who they are, uncut from the jump, and from that's the, ju- the magnet. Yeah. But you know, when you put them under the, the magnifying glass, it's the same person you see when you pull the magnifying glass away. Absolutely. But I think you know, certain personalities. You have certain personalities and egos and things like that. I just feel like when you hit when when there's a celebrity status, or even I mean, even I do local news. You know what I mean? Even at that level, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just think when when true personalities get magnified with celebrity. That is what I think. Be it good, be it bad, you know, you see what you see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Makes sense. And so I, I just think that's the nature the nature of the beast of, of just human beings in general. I just think that's what happens a lot of times. And then, you know, you got people, you know, whispering in your ear and telling you, you know, <laughs> you're wonderful <laughs> yeah. and all this. So people want to, you know, they get all hyped up on that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Let's let's take a little uh let's take a little moment before we get close to wrapping. Um 
I want you to, to put out your, you can give your shout outs to anybody you want to give a shout out to, family, husband, uh, friends, uh, co-workers, your team, whoever. Okay. All right. So do I give my shout out right now? Yes, ma'am. All right. Give my shout out to God, of course. Shout out to my husband, who I love so very much, to my family, to the people of Tucson who have welcomed me back home because I'm, I, you know, I came back home to Arizona, so I'm very happy to be here. So I'm, and I'm so glad to have my family and friends here. I'm also very appreciative of the people in St. Louis who have followed me here to Tucson as well. You know, they, they, they support me still to this day, even though I'm not on TV there anymore. Right. You know, I still have people from there who are still on my team who want to see me win. And I, I appreciate all of that. So, you know, and also, you know, just the people who have supported me, who have pushed me, even the people who were against me, mm-hmm. because those people are the ones who helped push me even further. Absolutely. You know, I even appreciate the haters. Yeah. Thank you for that. Because you got me to where I'm at right now. Thank you, haters. <laughs> <laughs> what you say? I said, thank you, haters. Yes, thank you, haters, because you got me to where I am. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. I uh, and 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 what what could we look forward to um, in the future? And any any other um, amazing projects or anything going on or something we need to look forward well, to? Well, you know. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like right now, I'm trying to get some things worked out. Um, I know my, you know, I'm going to continue my podcast um, as long as, as as long as the stories come to me. I will continue to, to do those stories. Um, my ultimate goal and dream would be to be able to tell these stories on a more national scale in front of a TV, you know, on screen, right. you know, and to just kind of have have that whole thing going and making it happen. So when it happens, not if that's when right. that happens. That's right. I'll let you and let we, you know. We didn't claim that already. Absolutely. Um and and you know, I always tell my guests, you know, when they come on here, my whole thing with um I'm all about about building and and building relationships. So, um it would be an honor for you to to come back on here to promote anything or just come back on here and hang out with us and um I just think that that'll be something that would be great. I, w- I would love to have you back on here again. Oh yeah, no doubt. Consider it done. Just a matter of when it when it goes down. Absolutely. Can we put those social platforms out there in ways people can connect with you, uh, find the podcast, um, your 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 social platforms? Can we put that out there? Yes, no doubt. Um, my Facebook. I have a Facebook fan page. It's Chandrea Thomas Kega Nine. Um, so you can just Google that. You Google my name. I think it's one of the first things that pops up. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Just Google my name on YouTube. You'll see all my YouTube videos. You can see me as a, as a budding reporter as well on there in the very <laughs> beginnings of everything. Um, and my uh, podcast, Intrigued Full Effect, um, you just Google Intrigued Full Effect. It's on iTunes. It's, it's, it's on Spotify. It's on, you know, all these different, um, different entities. So you can capture it there. Or like I said, I have the YouTube, the video versions of the of the podcast on uh, YouTube on my YouTube channel as well. So I have my Twitter account, Shandrea Thomas, you know, on Twitter. I have an Instagram, Shandrea T. So you know, Instagram is a struggle, man. I've been struggling with Instagram <laughs> from the beginning. I have probably eight hundred people, I think, or something like that, and I've been trying. I'm like, oh, there's so much labor with Instagram. We're gonna talk but, about um, that. We're gonna. I, I, can, to I can. I can. I can help you with that. We're gonna. We're gonna talk about that. <laughs> okay. All right. 
Um, so yeah, I have every social media platform, but I don't have Snapchat. I don't do Snapchat. Though. I don't do Snapchat either. I don't. I don't know. It's just kind of. I don't know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just kind of that's not my thing. I, I, I know, mean, I right? Really <laughs> <do> it, so. <laughs> so, but yeah, but I have pretty much the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. Okay, and um, I always ask my guests this too before we before we get out of here. Um, if you had an opportunity to speak to a room full of uh, people who were looking for some uplift, looking for some guidance, direction, um, and some words of encouragement, and you had an opportunity to speak to that room, what would you what would you tell them? I would tell people to never stop. Don't quit. Do your best. Put your heart and your soul into it and go with your gut instincts about what you feel is the right thing to do. Because when you do the right thing, you can't go wrong. Right. Absolutely. Um, you guys make sure all the listeners right now, y'all go and check out Intrigued Full Effect podcast right now by my sister. Shawandria yeah. Thomas, y'all go check it out. It's on all major podcast streaming platforms right now. Please, you guys, go and subscribe and check it out. If you're looking for something interesting, if you're looking for something to subscribe to with content and substance, please go right now and subscribe to Intrigued Full Effect Podcast right now. All my loyal people out there. Thank you again so much for taking time coming out here i really really enjoyed myself you are definitely going to have to come back on here we're going to make that arrangement next month set that thing up where you can come back on here and we can go in again because there's so many different things that we could talk about we didn't even cover half of everything all right it's all good i'm down to do that man no doubt I appreciate you for having me on. Thank you so much for that. Yes, wishing you more blessings, more success on everything that you embark on in the future and now. We're wishing you nothing but blessings on that. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's the Vibe Show. I'm your host, Kano the Don, the Vibe King, with my special guest, the one and only, Shawandria Thomas. We are out. <laughs>